Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alura Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Matt, I'm having the best week. What about you? Who are you? (laughs) Have you been abducted? Are you a pod person? Elora Nanos. No, I promise I'll complain later. But right now, I have to tell you, I'm having such a nice week. Do you know why? Uh, as of today's recording, it's 420. No, that, that is not why, actually. No, but I was able to renew my Broadway in Philadelphia subscription. So Broadway's back. Not today, but soon enough that they're selling tickets. But it's Broadway in Philly. Shush, it's still Broadway. <laughs> you have no idea how excited I am to go to a theater and sit and watch talented people do shit on stage. I cannot wait. It's been a long time coming, figuratively, emotionally, virologically. <laughs> oh, I like Is that, that a word. word. I, no, but it should be. It's, we're making that a word. I, if epidemiological can be a word, virological. Virological. <laughs> Viral could be a word too. No, but I this is like the artistic episode of Facts On. I'm so excited because not only did I buy my tickets to go and see other people perform, I have my first post-COVID concert that I'll be performing in coming up in June, and that's on the books too. Right, so reminding I, our listeners, you're a flautist. I am. I am a pickleist. Pickleist, a flautist. I, I am. Yeah. I, so I play in a symphony orchestra, and it was really like the most dramatic, sad thing with COVID because right before COVID hit, we had a rehearsal where we read through Beethoven 9 and it was like the most exciting piece of music ever to play. We played it at one rehearsal and then the world ended. And we've all been waiting to get back together and get back on stage and make music together and play that iconic piece again. And now we're going to have some opportunities to play together soon. So even though the tenth is the unfinished, this was technically unfinished. Yeah, it should. wouldn't that have been great if it was the end of the <laughs> But it's Even like, more ironic. Yeah, it just feels great. It feels great to know that 
you know, as you know, you're a musician too, you know how important that is. And to music is one of those things that it's just not the same unless you're making it with someone else. And, um, I, I'm so excited that I get to do that. And then I get to see other people do that. And I'm go. I bought tickets to the opera. It's like everything came back. I got my, my inbox and my email was like all these ticket offers and I just bought all of them. So are they doing this thing that we've talked about on the show in the past about, you know, vaccine passport only nights? I have not seen any requests for proof of vaccination, but what they are doing with the theater subscriptions is that everyone has an option that although shows start in October, if patrons are not comfortable going back to the theater until like later in February or March, you can swap the shows so that your subscription starts later, which I thought was kind of a nice way to deal with it. They said, listen, we're going to have shows now, but if you're not comfortable yet, you can still subscribe and just wait a couple more months to start. I thought that was a, a good solution. Are you of the ilk? And I had a gentleman. Did you say on ilk? Ilk? <laughs> How are you feeling? Ilk. <laughs> are you of the mindset? Is that a better word for you? Sure. Yeah. That people who choose to not be vaccinated and want to go out into public are at their own risk and you're not liable and the theater's not liable for them getting sick by going. The theater really would not be liable. That would be a very difficult case legally to prove. But I mean, I do think to a degree, if you've chosen not to get vaccinated, you're walking around putting yourself at greater risk. But you're also putting everyone else at greater risk because, you know, the risk of you transmitting the virus is higher. So, you know, it's it's sort of like you're making the risk worse for yourself. You're making it worse for everyone else. So unless you have a medical reason not to get vaccinated, you know, I don't I, I don't really see it as the best choice. But yeah, I mean, I do feel like I feel good about being vaccinated both for myself and for the people around me. So my good news of the week is that I'm hoping that as of this coming Monday, when they promised they would reopen schools five days a week, that they'll actually go to school five days a week. And that on Tuesday, there won't be some random case and they shut the schools down after one day of five days a week. Did you ever think that this would be what we're thinking about? with parenting and raising school-age children, that it's like every day it's a new world of how many days, how many hours, can they take the bus, can they not take the bus, how many classrooms, is the heat on, are the windows open? It's like, it's really stressful. Meanwhile, they're learning calculus in terms of social economics. I suppose they are. I mean, the kids are certainly learning how to be really flexible right. with things. My, my daughter took the school bus for the first time since COVID today. And um, this was her first time taking this bus because it's her first time taking the bus to the school because she started a new school this year. And um, she was a little stressed out. And, and I asked her, I said, well, what are you stressed about? And she said, she gave it to me in bullet points, like a little lawyer. She was like, number As one. she would do. Yeah, it was great. She was like, number one, I don't know where to go. Number two, I don't know who the bus driver is. Number three, COVID. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. And she said, actually, I'm not really that nervous about COVID. And I was like, oh, good. Good. So we just stuck to bullet points one and two. Do you think, I forget if we talked about this last week, but I know I talked about it on another show of mine, that they're going to do the no shirt, no shoes, no vaccine, no service in public schools. You must have your kid vaccinated for COVID-19 with boosters, just like MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, just like polio and small, whatever they have to mandate. You can't go to public school without these vaccines. Do you think they're going to do that statewide or nationwide or... What do you think? Well, if they do it, it would have to be done either statewide or locally. It couldn't be done nationwide because public health and safety is within the ambit of states. Okay. Um, they probably will leave it up to various districts to do it. You know, it'll probably be a district by district choice to do that. 
And my bet is that if they do that, they won't do it soon. I think because it is so, it's such a hot topic and so many people will will disagree with that mandate that the school district will end up having litigation and lots of headaches and stuff. So my my prediction is that we may see the mandate in a few years. I bet you we won't see it until then, though, at least not where I am. So I'm on the East Coast. I'm in New Jersey. I bet you we won't see that mandate quite yet. Um, we may see it someday because, I mean, I know we have mandatory vaccines for other vaccines, but given that this is a new vaccine and a new virus, I'm betting that the school districts will be relatively conservative with how they roll out that kind of mandate. I would just like to see that happen tomorrow. Me too. I wish they did mandate it because, frankly, you know, many people who disagree with things like vaccine mandates in schools don't even know that in the United States, there's not even a legal right to have public education. Okay, so people think that there is people think that you can demand public education where your right really is, is that you have a right to get equal education. So in other words, if if your state provides public education, they have to do so equally for everyone. But if the school, if the state decided they weren't going to have public education, they can decide that all they want. So, you know, people have have lots of uh, misinformation about what they're entitled to and how free they can be about it. Speaking of misinformation, I want to give you something that is actually information. And it has to do with otters. I love otters. Our beloved animals. Otters, but it's kind of sad, but it's true, that otters at the Georgia Aquarium tested positive for COVID-19. And as sad as that is, did we know that COVID could species hop? Well, I thought we heard about it in dogs early on in the pandemic. Do you remember this? Like, I remember hearing like, oh, dogs can get COVID and cats can get COVID. Because and then I because I remember I have cats and I remember being stressed, like, do I have to do something to protect my cats? And like, what if your cat has it and then they give it to you? Um, And then we didn't hear anything about that for a long time. Uh, Here's what I want to know. So otters, from from what I remember, they live in tanks in the zoo. They don't live in cages. They're they're like mostly water animals. Well, they're marine mammals. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So they live in the tank. So how the hell did they get COVID? Not from the people coming to the aquarium. That's a good question. Yeah. You know what? My brain hurts just from trying to think of the answer. Allow me to look at what NBC NBC says. They think that they got it from an asymptomatic staff member. And how, wait, this is what this is the part that is, you know, I shouldn't make light of it. But the, the otters were like sneezing and had runny noses and coughing. And and lethargy. And I want to know what. How was that different than regular otter days? Like, uh, yes. And I'm also picturing like these poor little sneezing, coughing otters. And like it has otters are so cute that a sneezing otter has to be adorable. I don't know. I, I mean, they'll be OK. Yeah. All reports show that they'll be fine, but they're not getting vaccinated because <laughs> well, you can't vaccinate marine mammals. Apparently. Why not? I, don't that P- PETA? I don't know. I don't know. Do they give animals vaccines for contagious diseases? Next week on Veterinary Questions with Dr. Something. I literally have no idea how that works. I do know that my cat was tested for feline, what was it, feline HIV. Well, there's feline leukemia too. Sorry to ruin you there. (laughs) I don't know what to do with this. I just feel like all our thoughts and prayers go out to the otters. Yes. The otter community. It's a good use of thoughts and prayers. (laughs) It is, To the otters. Yeah. Uh, so, Bree, cut in here like what otters sound like. 
Do they have a sound? Well, if they have a sound, Brie, cut in the sound of otters. Or at least splashing. Yes. <laughs> Moving on, what's next? Because I think it has to do with 420. Yeah. So so I came into Manhattan today and it, it is like the most beautiful day ever outside. And I'm watching the New York news and I see that there's this organization, a group of activists in Manhattan that get this, they're doing joints for jabs. And what they're doing is handing out in Union Square free marijuana joints to anyone who can prove that they've been vaccinated. And again, we're recording this today on Tuesday, 420. How perfect. Are they continuing this or is this just for today? I think it's just for today. Okay. But I mean, it's a little weird. Like, congratulations, you are vaccinated against a respiratory virus. Here's something to smoke. (laughs) It might have made more sense to, to, um, Give out like the gummy bears. But I think it's timely because New York State just passed rec. And like, here we are. Yeah. I mean, New York State just, it was funny when I saw this, I was like, wait, did, did New York State legal, you know, how, how legal is it yet? Is it just decriminalized? So New York State just recently, March 31st, was when they um, made recreational marijuana legal. And it actually hasn't exactly fully gone into effect yet. There have been executive orders that the police are not allowed to arrest anybody and prosecutors aren't allowed to prosecute anybody. But the state is still kind of working out some of the details. Uh, I thought this was kind of a bold move for this group to advertise widely enough that it got news coverage that, hey, just show up at Union Square and we'll hand out a joint. I mean, I smell some guerrilla marketing local weed company or local CBD company wanted to do, like you said, the gummies for... Not gummies for the cure, but gummies for the vax. I make that up. Sure. Like, all right, local weed company that makes CBD gummies, go to the vaccination sites and hand them out once people, whether they want it or not, just, yeah. just hand them out when they show your vaccine card. It's cr- I'll tell you, you know, so I, I walked a lot around Manhattan today as I came into the city and um, it certainly smelled like plenty of people were taking this organization up on this offer because there was just nothing but the whiff of reefer is it smells like san francisco in the morning (laughs) yeah but i was like uh okay like i i actually would be interested to know um and i wonder if they'll collect the data i would be very interested to know if anyone or how many people got vaccinated and were motivated to get vaccinated by this event like would they have gone anyway and they just happened to show up and get a joint or were they actually motivated to do it because of this like ooh, bonus (laughs) Yes. But, you know, it, we were talking before about incentivizing COVID tests. And, you know, I think that we'll see a lot of data coming out of this pandemic about what kind of incentives for tests and for vaccinations work. And um, hopefully that can, you know, influence what lots of groups and companies and stuff do in the future to um, to incentivize good behavior. So, I, you know, I'd be interested to see what works. Right. And speaking of incentivizing good behavior by getting vaccinated, uh, as of yesterday, the 19th, the U.S. has met its deadline and any adult in the U.S. over the age of 16 is now eligible for a vaccine. 
Yeah, which is fantastic. I, I actually stopped paying attention to who was eligible because I already was vaccinated and so is my family. So I stopped like paying daily attention to like which groups have opened up. And then it sort of snuck up on me like, hey, everybody's eligible now, which is wonderful. I have to tell you, the skeptic in me, though, Matt, you know, when when President Biden first announced that he was going to make sure that there was 100 million doses in 100 days, my first question was, is that a lot? Is that like hard? Like, how would I know? Right. Maybe it sounds like a lot, but like, I don't know. Is that like really hard? And, and you know, all of the, the Biden press people were like, oh, this is a really big goal. And like, I don't know if we're going to meet it. It's really ambitious. And like a week later, we hit it. And I was like, what are the odds? Like, you know, the staff meeting was like, guys, let's pick a number. <laughs> that sounds really impressive. And then we have to tell them to minimize their expectations and then we're going to exceed it. OK, got it. That's the plan. Like, because if that wasn't their press plan, then they're fucking up. Meanwhile, in the West Wing. <laughs> right. I mean, right. Rob Lowe definitely said, like, say this in the speech. And then CJ came out and she said, like, lower your expectations. And then it all turned out OK. I love that we're averaging three to four million doses a day. That sounds it's like extraordinary. a extraordinary. And I think I read that more than half the country has at least one shot in them. It was half of the adult. Okay. Right? So because it was something like 131 million doses have been administered. And, and that's about half of all the adults, which is actually a lot. That's more than I would have expected. Right. So I, I think that's great. I mean, it sounds like we're moving along. Well, we can talk about the hesitancy issue again uh, next week's show, but there's some staggeringly, perhaps unsurprising demographic information on who is not getting the vaccine versus who's just, I would say, naturally hesitant to get one. Yeah. Spoiler, it's not the people who have been historically screwed over. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's the people who historically make all the rules that yes, are Yes, unfortunately. That are all right. Now we got to make some money. So here's some ads. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, folks. 
Third segment, no more otters. <laughs> Rip otters? No, they're going to be fine. Yeah. They're going to be fine, people. The otters will be fine. Don't even worry. Go to the zoo. Go to the aquarium. See the otters. If you see them coughing, I don't know, report it to the hotline. No, but they have antibodies. They have, they have otter bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have an otter body experience? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All right. Good night, folks. Try the meal. We'll see ourselves out. <laughs> Tip your waiters and waitresses. Um, speaking of honors, I know that you're a big Bill Maher fan. Yeah. Grain of salt. Love Bill Maher. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Bill Maher in that he has spectacular comedic timing and delivery. He's a great performer. And and sometimes he's right. And sometimes not so much. Well, not no one's right all the time. True. I like the way his logic works, whether it's biased or not. He's very good at, like, his great writers. Yeah. Who present very much like John Oliver. Like, they put very rational ways of expressing. Yes. A, but he opinionates a lot more. John Oliver doesn't opinionate. Right, right. And both are very linear, which I like. Right. Because it's like you understand what their train of thought is. And it's not just, like, random. Um, so I appreciate that. And and so he, he did a segment this week on his show where he talked about the partisan divide in, I guess, COVID news and COVID feelings and- And perception of fact. Right. And and his whole bent on it was that he wants it, you know, he says, give it to me straight. I don't want politics mixed up in my COVID news. And, you know, I, I thought about that. And it's one of those things that like on the surface sounds good, right? Like, of course, we should just get it straight and get the real news. And then, you know, as I thought about it more, I kind of felt- like, is that even possible, you know, because or is it even wise? Because, you know, news organizations and uh, they know who their audience is and they know the best way to reach that audience. So maybe it's not such a terrible thing to have some degree of politics in the information. Well, I think his gist was my, my I watched it a few times after I saw it the first time to make sure that I wasn't just leaning into my own confirmation bias that. Wherever you land in the spectrum of political interests, you know, left, right, middle, whatever, that there is bias on both sides with regard to how we get our facts and where we put our risk models. And as much as it's easy to make fun of Florida who said, oh, what's COVID? Is it possible Ron DeSantis did something based on what he perceived to be a certain degree of fact and that Cuomo did something that he perceived to be a certain degree of fact, but us as citizens of these states interpret that in a way that isn't true in either sense. Yeah, I think that that really is the risk. And and one of the things that Bill Maher pointed out was he said that the, the tendency tends to be that if one side says something, then the other side sort of has to go the in 180 degrees against it, that it must be entirely wrong. So, you know, the example he gave is, I think he said, you know, if Fox News said that it was that it was OK to go outside, then liberals had to act like, well, then you had to stay inside uh, or, you know, something along those lines. And, and I think that that point actually is a really good one, that it's like not everything that someone who you politically disagree with is completely wrong, you know, and you have to really think about it. And there are some things that are completely wrong, but but you need to engage in that analysis independently. And we'll link to the bit in the show notes, but I because I, I don't remember offhand the exact statistics, but in blue states with largely liberal audiences, we overestimated the risk and thought that like 50% of something was going to kill you when in fact it was like 5% of something. Oh, yeah. And that was actually a very disturbing statistic. I don't remember the exact numbers, but what he said was that when a poll was done among Democrats, that they perceived the hospitalization rate for COVID to be something like 50 percent, that whoever participated in this study 
50, those people overwhelmingly thought that the hospitalization rate for those who contracted COVID was half when it's like nowhere near that. So there are people walking around having complete misinformation about statistically what's going on with COVID. And and that's not good regardless of whether you thought it was worse or whether you thought it was better. You should have some basic idea of, you know, is this a disease that if you get it, you're going to definitely die? Is it a disease that if you get it, you'll definitely be hospitalized? Because, you know, we all make these choices about risks and mitigation of risks in our everyday lives, but we can't do that well if we have no idea what the truth is. Right. So this city sequestered like it was the end of the world with atomic fallout. And Florida said, oh, let's go to the beach because I believe New York, by and large, may have bought into this bias from our news sources that if you get COVID, there's a 50 percent chance no matter who you are, what age you are, you're going to the hospital. Right. Well, and, and I don't know that the news ever said that, that it was a 50 percent chance. I think people just thought it. I do think that different news organizations um, tend to decide how optimistic versus how pessimistic they're going to be when they deliver certain kinds of news. Um, because, again, you know, news is business like everything else. And they're trying to resonate with their audience. And all of those things you know, affect what your perception is going to be and what your behavior then is going to be. So the answer, at least in my book, is get your news from multiple sources. I mean, I think that's always the answer. Multiple sources. <laughs> hmm. Are you saying that not any one channel is good for you? Yeah. I, in fact, I don't think that any one type of news is good for you. I don't think only TV is good. I don't think only print media is good. I do think that if I had to choose, I would choose print media because it allows you to get much more information as opposed to just a quick TV segment. But I think that that's really important to understand that it's important to know what your community is doing, to know what the nation is doing, and to get that information from multiple sources, including, you know, if it's medical information, getting it from medical sources, not just, you know, NBC, but get it actually from, you know, look online to what doctors are saying. And this is just my opinion right now saying this, but I know that the information coming out of the perceived to be trusted sources letter of the CDC were rigged were fixed were were made to be it was manipulated to uh, be less trustworthy you know one of the things that bill maher pointed out in that segment was he said you know you told us that i think he said that you told us that we could that we had to wash our vegetables and it turned out that that had a, that that was bullshit that kind of pissed me off in that segment because it wasn't bullshit it was a situation where the CDC was reporting what they thought at the time. And then as they did more research, what they thought changed. And that's very different than warning someone to do something and then having it be false, having it be fake. It wasn't fake. It just wasn't entirely accurate. But it was, you know, their their understanding of the disease was evolving. So they reported, as you've said many times before, the best information that they had on that day. I'm all for give me the worst case scenario. Give me the most careful that I could be. And then when you find out that it's not necessary to be that careful, then adjust accordingly. Right. What frustrates me about that specific narrative is that people are like, stop changing your mind. Right. But, but that's their job. Yeah, Science's job is to change its mind based on data. Right. We don't want them to be like Tuesday. We said you have to wash the strawberries five times. And then even though they know you don't have to do it, they just keep on saying that because they said it on Tuesday. So now it's, you know, it's Friday and they know that that's not accurate, but they won't change. Like That's not what we want. 
Science is final, folks. <laughs> Tuesdays, we're done. No more science. <laughs> no more science. But still otters. Otters. Otterology. Otolaryngology. No, sorry. <laughs> Otterlaryngology. <laughs> Oh my God! Wait, if they had a throat problem, would they go to an otter laryngologist? Sorry. Oh, are we back I, at the otters? Yeah, we're back. I'm sorry, we're back at the otters because really, if I have a choice between otters and Bill Maher, I'm going otter every time. I think that's a wise decision. Yes. All right, folks, that wraps this episode of Vax On, your weekly no BS, what the hell's going on, fuckery, healthcare, vaccine show. Is that what this is? It's a show. Sure, it's a show. Why not? Why not? Elora Nanos. Pleasure to see you. Thanks, Matt. See you next time. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.